Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on game one of the Chris Dulanida, Rhys Haldane. Rhys, how are you? I am great, thanks Matt. Um, best possible start for Dulles and I'm looking forward to chatting tonight. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, are you well? Yeah, I am indeed. Obviously, fantastic start for Dulles to get his First one, 100% win record, best win record any manager in the world, one and counting, we move. And rounding off our panel is David Forrest. David, how are you? Yeah, uh, a great game on Saturday. You you can feel it at the moment. We'll start, as we always do, with a look at the the starting 11. There was three changes from the team that took to the field against Rangers the week before. Ross Dockett was back in at the starting 11. Connor McAvoy dropped to the bench as we went back to a back four and Stevie Lawless and Anton Dowds came in for Lee Hodson and Brian Graham, who was suspended. Jamie, I'll start with you. Were you happy, excited, concerned when you saw that team on, on Saturday? How are you feeling? I was pretty pleased with the team when I saw it. Um, I thought it was a shame for McAvoy to get dropped because I thought he did very well. Ibrox, obviously, was very, I think he was very unlucky with that one goal, but... On a whole, I thought he performed really well. It was very good in there, so I thought it was a bit of a shame for him to get dropped. But I was pleased with that lineup. It's good to see Doc back in the starting lineup. You know how important he is. Whether he's fully fit or not, because obviously he got subbed off. It's yet to be seen, but it was good to see him back. I said in the chat, I was actually kind of glad Dowd's got a start because I've not really seen much of him over the last like month or two. Obviously that didn't that didn't last very long because he got subbed off in about the first ten minutes, and then. Mullen came in and obviously I think Mullen had a very good game. It's the best game he's had for us. I was saying after full time I wasn't 100% sure if I thought he'd had a really good game or just like an alright one but looking back at the highlights I think he did have a really good game. Aside from the goal he like won a couple of tackles and held the ball up not too bad and yeah I think he, I think that's probably his best game for us and I hope he's going to kick on now. And yeah I was pleased with the line up though. Reese, what about you? What did you take for, away from Chris Dillon's first starting eleven? I echo pretty much the same as what Jamie has to say. I wasn't surprised to see the likes of Lawless come in and, and I was happy with it. Um, you know, Tiffany and Lawless on either wing and I, I felt like, although normally, I, I like whenever I see Lee Hodson in the team sheet, I'm always humming and hawing. Um, but as I say, last week at Ibrox, he done really well. Um, but of course, you can never deny Doc a start. He's so valuable to us. Um, so I, and as I say, gave Turner that license to get forward. So I was, I was pleased with the team all round. And the only one that can feel, that can be feeling a bit begrudged is, is Connor McAvoy because I thought he was outstanding at Ibrox. But those went with the tried and tested. He knows, he knows Muirhead probably more than most. So that's one of the options he went for, and and it paid off in the day. Muirhead was outstanding. So I, I was happy with the team sheet. David, you're the you're the vibes guy on the podcast. Uh, how was your How was your Saturday afternoon in air? Do you have a good one? Yeah, so I I um, flew Mampre Airways for this one and um, ended up at um, an air at about quarter past twelve, um, way too early for the game. But we went to uh, Tamil Shanters and I had a a great day out before the game. And yeah, I think just the vibe around the stadium, like I mean, the game I don't think was the best game of football in the world at all by any means. But I really really enjoyed it. And yeah, based on vibes alone, this is a a ten out of ten day. I think everything was set up just carrying on from Ibrox just six days ago. Chris Doolin coming back, it, it really was set up for for a great atmosphere on their way end, and I, I think it was. It was it was non-stop singing for for two hours, really, plenty of colour, plenty of noise. It was it was a great day on Saturday. 
In terms of the performance, I think a few of you have just said it wasn't the greatest game of football, but Jamie, how good were we on Saturday? Do you think we deserved the three points? Yeah, I think we did deserve the three points, to be honest. I'd agree that we were not at our best. I've seen us play better than that. But I thought we were looking lively in the first half and maybe the opening 10 minutes of the second half, but kind of faded away a wee bit after that going forward, I'd say. But I'd still think we defended resolutely enough throughout the game. There was one or two dodgy moments. We passed the ball back to Snedden a hell of a lot, I thought. But I thought we kept possession quite well in general. And Yeah, I, I think we marshaled uh, Akinyemi quite well. I actually think every time we've played there this season, we have actually managed to contain him pretty well. I know he scored that fantastic goal at Far Hill, but aside from that like one individual moment, I think we've contained him pretty well. Obviously, he's like our main man this season, so that's only a good sign. But yeah, I think we played quite well overall. Not our best, but good enough to merit the three points, I'd say. And hopefully on to our bro, we can maybe play a little bit more attacking and a bit more free-flowing. But like I said, I'm pleased, I'm pleased with the performance because we got three points out at the end of the day. Kept first clean sheet in months, first away win in months. So yeah, not much to complain about. You mentioned how often we passed it back to Snedden. In the first half especially, that was really the only cause for concern because the six-yard... I know Partick Thistle fan complains about away team's pitch, but the six-yard box was an absolute sandpit, especially in the first half. You couldn't really tell from behind the goal what it was like in the second. But the back passes to Snedden on that surface were about as dangerous as the United got, I think, in the first half. Rhys, do you agree with Jamie? Good value for three points on Saturday. Um, I'd say aye um, but in saying that if Air United got a goal you couldn't have said that a draw was, wasn't was a fair result but if one team edged it I'd say that we probably just done enough we got our goal and, and Air didn't so at the end of the day that is enough um, in terms of the performance as I said to you off air Matt I didn't think it was it's definitely not the finished article it wasn't, wasn't really polished I felt in the first half we had a lot of the ball and weren't really doing much with it quite similar to the, the Aki's game and the Cove game but it just seemed like we had a lot of chances and we kept playing it. I literally said to the guy next to me, I was like, that's a few times we keep playing it down the byline and we're overhitting the crosses in the box and there's nobody in and a forward line was tiny, obviously Mullen, Tiff, Lawless and Turner, there's no big guys in there, but you know that if you put one on Danny Mullen's head, nine times out of ten, I think you'll put it away. Um, and like Jamie said, it, it, I'm, I'm really happy for, for Danny Mullen to get that goal because I know we've mentioned it a few times, like there is a there is a part for him to play in this team Um and I, and I said previously, I, I feel like I thought Doolin would have started him. Uh, just seems more like a Doolin type striker to me than, than Douds did. Um, and I'm glad he got his chance and he took it. And you've seen the stat sheet that sort of Fissel put out today. Like he, he'd done a lot of work off the ball. He was harrying defenders and he was winning tackles. And I think he won eight aerial duels against, obviously, McGinty, Big McGinty and Alex Kirk on loan for Arsenal. So that's two sound enough championship defenders. And, and they probably got a bit of, a good good height advantage on him and he's winning a lot of aerial duels so fair play to Mullen I'm happy for him um, and like I said I remember like when, when McNamara left for us when Archie came in like we couldn't we couldn't buy a win, a win away from home um, and I'm sort of having like I'm sort of hoping that the dueling coming in can have sort of similar effect where we can start showing up at the back a wee bit and I, I think that's a bit down to going to Ibrooks and going toe to toe with Rangers for 86 minutes against arguably the best strikers in that division so to go and do that, the defence could take a lot of confidence for that, and I felt like they'd done it, because if you can go to Ibrox and, and do well against them, who says you can't go to United and keep a clean sheet? Um, and hopefully we see a lot more of that in the weeks to come. So I I was pleased with how we looked a lot more steady and a lot more solid, but as I said, I think there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net, but hopefully get big Brian back soon and, and things will turn. 
I'll pick you up on the, the striker thing then, Reese, because we had a chat a couple of weeks ago, I think it was after the Cove game, about Danny Mullen and his confidence. And if he was a, a confident striker playing week in, week out, he might have got a goal or two against Cove. He obviously got his goal on, on Saturday, and I think he, I agree with Jamie, it probably was his best game in a Thistle shirt. It'll be interesting to see now if, if Doolan brings Graham back into the side, because a confident Mullen could be a, good, a very good option to start like week in week out but you can't see him dropping Graham Graham obviously hasn't been I wouldn't say at his best for the last couple of months but at the start of the season when Dowds was scoring that seemed to get Graham going as well and Graham was in his best form of the season when Dowds was pushing him all the way Reese do you think we'll have a similar dynamic with maybe it'll be Mullen pushing Graham all the way and and Graham starting and Mullen coming off the bench as the sort of as the second choice now I'd say so it's, it's very harsh on Dowd's because Dowd's goal scoring record this season, and especially in the first half of the season, was really good. But uh, you look at the CVs of the two players, and Danny Mullen's got, he's not a bad player. He's, he's scored everywhere he's went, and he puts in a shift by all accounts. But I know a lot of people said he's came here and he looks lazy, and it's just not been falling for him the way we've been playing. I know we've mentioned it in the past, like we're playing to Danny Mullen the same way that we'd be playing to Brian Graham. Or even a Dowds, like two big guys. Mullins not that type of striker. Um, but every every game that I like, I think I'm, I'm going to go against the grain here, and I'll say that Danny Mullins' best game for us was uh, Dundee at home when we were two 0 up and we chucked it three two. He got two assists that day. It was brilliant in there, and I felt like he had a point to prove against his old team. So I'm just hoping that he can. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to Mullins starting next week and and just keeping this run going because that's that's all you need. See if he can get a goal next week and. We say it time and time again, confidence is the biggest thing in football. And if you can have Danny Mullen scoring, you can have Graham scoring and Dow scoring, and you never know where the season can go. So the more strikers in form, the better. Joy, come in there, Jimmy. Yeah, what I was going to say was just thinking about who'd start next week. I think the way that Dool's maybe one of the ways he'd be managing right now is what worked for him as a player. Obviously, he's very new in the management game, so he won't really have like traditions at all at this point. He hasn't even been coaching that long. He's only at the Warrior Academy like a month or two. So I don't think he'll really be setting his ways yet. So I think right now, he's probably just finding what's best for him. But going with what he knows, like starting Lawless, Muirhead, that kind of thing, starting Banningham, etc. So I think he might actually go with two up top. Because if you think back to arguably Chris Dillon's best season for us, or definitely one of his best seasons for us, was the top six season. You know, he got 14 league goals that season. And quite often played as part of a front two, especially in the second half of that season with Adi Aziz. And they're two very different strikers who complemented each other well. I feel that everything Dillon had, Aziz didn't, and vice versa. Like Aziz had the strength and the pace, whereas Dillon had the te- better technical ability and finishing. And I feel that Graham and Mullen can maybe complement each other well. And We haven't really seen those two playing up front together much. And a 4-4-2 could, could maybe suit that, and I feel this would be a decent game to try it. And as I said, I think Dillon might just use it work well for him during his career. And I would I wouldn't be too shocked if he actually went for that. David, who were the who were the standout performers for you on Saturday? We've, we've mentioned Mullen. Did anyone else catch your eye? I think Mullen for me was was the big one. Um, to be honest, I, I echo your sentiments about the defence. It there was a few passbacks that are a bit wavy gravy uh, throughout the first half where you were kind of you know heart and mouth moments, but again the pitch was not great. I have to agree with Jamie about about playing the four four two and the the Dolan and Aziz partnership about how they complemented each other and and they 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 brought different personalities to it. I mean, if you look at probably arguably Graham's best performance for us uh, was maybe last season 
in a partnership with Rudden, where Rudden was doing a lot of this sort of young man's work, let's be honest. And uh, Brian Graham was kind of using his his nose a wee bit more and kind of complimenting Rudden really well. And I think that, obviously, looking back at last season, the loss of Rudden was a huge, huge reason why uh, we kind of faltered near the end of the season. And I think if you can replicate that sort of form that Graham had with someone else who complimented him in a different way, you know, you can unlock Graham and, you know, it will, it will be great. And there's no reason to say that Danny Mullen can't do that. Or even that Anton Dowes is a, a super sub, you know, uh, coming on and kind of sticking in goals as well. Like all three have shown that they can score goals, and I think I think Jamie's right in that it's about finding a way to set them up. And there's nothing to say that a four four two with Graham and Mullen or Dowds wouldn't necessarily work. But I'd have to say I, I really enjoyed uh, I really enjoyed Mullen um, on Saturday, um, and I'm really delighted to get his goal. I, I don't disagree with the the sort of prospect of two strikers being exciting. I think why it won't happen is just how sort of structured and well-organised we looked on Saturday. I think Turner had a really good game and he was freed up. I thought Banzo and Doc sort of sat as a, a two at the base of midfield rather than the 4-3-3 we've been playing for most of the season, where it's either been Doc or Hodgson sitting and Bannigan and Turner in front. I think Banzo sort of dropped in with Doc and they provided great cover for from Muirhead and Holton. I think that was sort of key to limit in there. And if you're, you're obviously not going to break that up off the back of a clean sheet. So then... Are you going to drop Turner or are you going to drop Lawless and Tiffany? I, I don't really think you are for the sake of a striker. So as appealing as an option as it is, and I, I'd be keen to see a, a quick change to that if we fell behind in a game. I don't think that's something Dylan will start with. I don't know if anyone wants to come in on that. Just when you mentioned about the changes, that was one thing I really noticed about about the game on Saturday is that we were a bit more proactive with the substitutions. I mean, we spent basically the whole three years that McCall was here moaning about how the substitutions were maybe too late or whatever and I feel that the changes they made were, were really good it looked like we had a plan B at the very least um, a little bit compared to say if it was McCall um, um, at Somerset when Ayers just started lumping balls in and yeah I agree I think we'll have a chat about the subs because one of the things I mentioned about McCall and his tactics a few weeks ago was we have a tactic, but then we don't fully commit to it. So in terms of if we get the ball wide, we don't get enough bodies in the box. If we go long ball, we don't get enough men around whoever the target man is. On Saturday, I thought Dylan had a clear tactic, and I think there's maybe a, a debate to be had about did he go too early. But he obviously went to a back five, and we sat much deeper in the second half than we did in the first half. But in doing that, he brought a centre-back on in McAvoy and he brought Hodgson on as well. And it just invited Ayr to cross the ball from from deeper positions into three big centre-backs. So the tactic was sit deeper. And in the past, when we've sat deeper, we've sat with a back four and crosses have come in. And there's not the personnel in the middle to deal with with that. So sitting deep wasn't a good tactic. But on Saturday, because we had the three big centre-halves on at the time, it worked a treat. So I think... Dylan does deserve a lot of credit for doing that and, and doing it properly with bringing McAvoy on especially. Does anyone agree, disagree on that? Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like the all the changes were very smart. Um, we've seen sometimes under McCall totally bizarre changes at times. Like, you take off, like, McMillan. Maybe McMillan's got a bit of cramp or whatever. 
And you've got Hodson playing in midfield, and he'll stick young Xander McKenzie, who's a midfielder at right back, instead of putting Hodson there. Just like we things are kind of hanging players out to dry a wee bit, and you know what McCall was like last season, but it's not solely down to McCall, but we didn't really have a right winger, and we we're playing Kel Turner and Cammy Smith out wide and stuff. But like I felt like all the changes yesterday just made sense eh, on Saturday. Sorry, they made sense. Whether they were a bit soon or not, I, I don't really, I don't think so. Obviously not. They worked out fine in the end, but. It can invite pressure on, um, but you know that we're going to put the pressure on anyway, so it was only a matter of time before they would have chances. Um, so it's good to get McAvoy on, get him ready in the game, because sometimes you don't want to come onto a game like that too cold and you're on for the last five minutes and you've not had a touch of the ball and the ball's flying about over your head. So it was good to get him on and get settled with maybe, how long was it, 20 minutes to go, 25 minutes, whatever it was. And I thought he'd done well again, he looked solid. And, and he brings a bit of pace to that back line, because as for as good as Holt and Muirhead can be, they're a wee bit lacking when it comes to pace and you know obviously yeah, they've got a few pacey boys up top so McAvoy can come in and counter counterbalance that so I thought the changes were fine um, and obviously forced into an early change with bringing Mullen on so uh, all the changes were fine for me and he's still learning doing I mean it's the first game in management and I'm sure he'll he'll, he'll, sure he'll tweak things along the way but I, I thought he'd done fine at the weekend with substitutions. David, do you think that win changes anything in terms of, of Chris Jones' prospects about getting the job? I know he's kept his cards quite close to his chest about whether he wants it or not, but do you think do you think a win on Saturday actually changes anything in that regard? Uh, mm, I, I don't know. I, I, I get the feeling that from the sort of the language that the team have been putting out um, and the sort of general or about finances recently, I, I don't feel we can necessarily afford to bring anyone else in before the end of the season. I think they're hoping that Dylan knits together some sort of run and, you know, does something miraculous. Whether that happened or not, we don't know. I, I don't know. Then again, the last time we talked to Chris, I said that the Rangers result would have no bearing on McCall getting sacked, which in a way was true because he was sacked on the Tuesday anyway. Um, but I, I don't know. I I don't know if he does want the job. Not in a and to be honest, I don't know if I want him to get the job. Not in a I don't think he'd be good enough for anything like that. But it's it's gonna this is gonna sound like it's a wild statement to say on a Fizzle podcast. Not everyone can be Dick Campbell. Not everyone can be there for eight, nine years at the club um and not being in danger. And to be honest, there's probably um, a time coming when the Wittgenauer will, will toll for Dick Campbell and he gets sacked. The thing is, is as a manager, you, you get sacked in the end eventually. Uh, outside of some very, very specific circumstances, you either get sacked or you get poached and you have to move away. Neither of which feel like a good ending to the Doolan story. I, I feel like the, the, the perfect ending for Doolan is he wants to do something, get us up, do something miraculous and then hand over to the permanent manager with his credibility intact and be able to get a job somewhere else. And I think that's probably the best option. But I, I, I don't know. I don't think this result has any bearing on it purely because I think he's going to get it to the end of the season regardless of whether he goes in a losing streak or you know absolutely tears it up and gets 10 wins out of 12. Well, I think we said that last night, David, before we started recording. Like The, the dream scenario is... He wins, he gets it to the end of the season. He wins some games. He creates a feel-good factor. Obviously, the dream is probably going up, but just just win some games and then probably step aside at the end of the season. Because as you've said, like 
do you want him to go, to go through an archery for five or six years, or do you want him to miss being a, a Stephen Hamill? Every swab of you. Uh, so I was having a similar discussion with one of my pals um, the other night. They asked me, do you think Dylan wants the job? And I was thinking, there's no way Dylan is ever going to come out before his first game and go, aye, I want that job. I want the guy who's brought me to the club in the first place, gave me my chance in professional football. And they've just been sacked the other day, I want his job. He's never, ever going to come out and say that. So Dylan, being the guy that he is, humble as anything, comes in, steadies the ship. And I was listening to his post-game interview um, on Sports Sound or something, and they were asking him, so do you want the job? And Dylan just acting the way they always does, so, like, so respectful. He's like, I'm just taking it a day at a time, all that. But if Dylan was to go on a run of games and he was to win two or three or four games, whatever, and Fissel offer him the job, there's no way Chris Dylan's going to say, I don't want that job. There's no way. There's no, And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll have a, a, a young coach who'll come on here and say that he likes coaching kids. But... Any football coach who's coaching an under-18s team does not have ambitions to stay at that under-18s team forever. They want to go and manage themselves. Dylan has said on this podcast, ultimately his dream is to manage Partick Thistle. If he gets offered the job on a permanent basis, he's going to take it. And right, right in this moment in time, do I want Dylan to be the manager? No, not really. But if Dylan goes and wins four or five games, then absolutely. Because as I said before, all good managers have to start somewhere. And who's to say Chris Dylan won't be a brilliant manager? He's got a 100% win record, as Jamie said. So... Let's hope we can keep it up and, and long may it continue because I'm happy if Dylan was to was to be brilliant and lead us to success. Like I don't think any Fissel fan would want anything else. And ultimately, as David said, it, it could end ugly, but it's the chance that every manager will take and there's every chance that it could end sad for Fissel, but it could end brilliant as well because Dylan could go on and be an English Premier League manager or something. You never know. You can never write these things off. So, But just what I'm saying is if Dylan gets offered the job down the line, Say they gave him a, a, a one-year rolling contract, same type of thing that McCall got. I think that, I don't ever think that Dylan would say, "No, nah, I don't want that. Nah, I don't want to be the manager of Partick Thistle." Jamie, I, I tweeted on Saturday night that we could be the first team ever to get promoted purely on on good vibes only. Slightly tongue in cheek. How how far do you think those good vibes can can take us? Because I, I think we've all agreed we weren't brilliant on on Saturday. Maybe the atmosphere and the, the sort of Dylan factor got us over the line in the end. How far do you think that can take us? I think it definitely can play an impact because obviously people always talk about new manager bounces and that sort of thing. But when it's someone like a club legend who the majority of fans going, you know, grew up, but certainly grew into the club watching Chris Dillon scoring, you know, most weeks and being just the legend that he is around the place. And, you know, when him coming in as a manager, winning his first game, the atmosphere was brilliant on Saturday and that's the kind of thing that he kind of he does add some momentum because the fans all would get behind him, especially if he wins on Saturday. And if he could go on a run, it'd be kind of almost like no, I'm not I'm not gonna use the fairy tale cliche, not all that kind of thing. But it would be like one of those things when you could just tell the atmosphere around the place would be fantastic if you get someone like Crystal and everybody already loves increasing his re- good reputation by becoming the manager that got us out of a bad run and we end up going on a fantastic run under him. It would just be, you know, it'd be like a dream come true for everybody. And I think it really would help with momentum because all the fans would be behind it. I think you'd start seeing more numbers at away games. And, you know, I said I said in the chat that I thought the fantastic atmosphere at the game on Saturday kind of carried through from the Ibrox game and that sort of thing continuing with Dylan at the helm. Would, that'd be fantastic. I, I, I agree. I feel... I. I do feel that there is, 
obviously tongue in cheek, you know, win you know, win the title in good vibes or whatever. But if we beat our broth, I mean the thing is is Aaron and Arbroath away are always very good days. I mean the last Arbroath away day I waxed article about how it was one of the best days I'd ever had as a Thistle fan and made me realise exactly why I'm a Thistle fan and stuff like that. You know, dance mat, fish suppers aside or whatever, people love going to Arbroath and they always have a good day out and Thistle fans are always generally up for it. And with a with a dueling in the in the dugout and us on a win, if you beat Arbroath, you go into Dundee and that Dundee game is huge and I mean, I was really, really interested by the comments of, I believe it was Mullen. Was it Mullen or Muirhead? I can't remember who. It might have been Muirhead. But they dedicated the win to McCall, Archie and Scally. That was Muirhead, yeah. Muirhead, I couldn't remember because I know Mullen came out today and he, he talked about it in the Herald as well. He did an interview about it. And there's a really odd vibe that you would think would kind of hamper a lot of teams I mean you know clearly they had a great admiration for the now deposed leaders and sometimes that can harbour a wee bit of resentment but there's not and even Dolan himself you know he spoke to McCall on Monday and kind of had his blessing so to speak like that sort of private chat where they kind of went through it and Dolan's obviously not said he doesn't want to be that sort of person that kind of swoops in and takes his mentor's sort of job or whatever but it really does feel like you know we we needed we we needed a, a leg up to kind of do anything this season beyond McCall and I do feel that Dylan if you can if you can beat our broth in, in uh, Saturday going into that Dundee game on Tuesday we'll be absolutely buzzing for that game on Tuesday you win that and then you're, you're at Farhill and by that point, you're three forums. I mean, Ian McKinnon has spent possibly the last 18 months banging the drum in the pub. If you win seven or eight games in a row, you'll win the championship, right? That's the team that's going to win it. And, like, you look at it, Abroth, and then the big game at Dundee, and then you're at foul. That's it, four down already. And by that point, you're, you're right in amongst it. I, I, I do feel that there is going to be vibes are going to take his places. Well, we won the title. I mean, I'm 66% confident of it, but I feel that it is probably one of the best things that could happen at the moment there's, there's, of the positivity. I mean, even on on the bus there and stuff like that, everyone was just so happy and all that. And I do feel that the fans are going to play a big, big part. And I think everybody's going to pull together. And it just feels like there's such a positivity around the club that it just was not there a couple of weeks ago. When you were booing at, at Cove and I was screaming in the stands because we were raging, it's totally turned on a pivot. But it's again like the team have gotten bored with it and they're there and they're ready for the challenge. I can't believe you're talking about the title again. Like I, I think I said last week I'd give it a one or two percent chance that that's still a realistic goal. I'll maybe go two or three percent after I win on Saturday. Game in hand still to play Queen's eight, Park. Eight points behind a game in hand, right? But we, we still aren't very good, right? And if, if we do win the league, it is going to be good vibes only. I think the fans have got a huge part to play. I think it's important. Like every, every game, home games as well, as an atmosphere like there was on Saturday. I think you touched on a really good point there, David, about the potential for resentment for a McCall replacement and that potential basically just being snubbed out by Chris Doolin going in there because Chris Doolin knows a, a large chunk of that dressing room and I'm sure they've got the utmost respect for him because he's a top professional 
great guy and <laughs> they, they won't go against him. So in a way, appointing him as the interim was, was very smart by the board to sort of avoid that. I think that's why, I think I think that's probably why we all think Dune will get it to the end of the season because there won't be that sort of pushback or any sort of pushback from players. And as we've spoken about, we will ride the wave of Dune positivity until the end of the season. Just a final word on the game. I think I should have said this earlier while we were talking about players' performance, but I think the sort of key was that that four in the middle. I think Holt, Muirhead, Bannigan and Doherty were brilliant. And Rhys, you mentioned it. I think Jamie mentioned it as well, how quiet we kept Akinyemi. I think those four were key. I thought all of those four were brilliant. I think I'd probably say Doherty especially. I thought he was brilliant considering he's not played much football. He drove the team forward on numerous occasions. His passing was really good, forward passing. He broke it up as well. Him and Bannigan were excellent. And I think that four was the key. And if we can keep those four fit and maybe McAvoy coming in for, from your head at one point, but a, a strong base there. And then I think that lets the likes of a Tiffany and Lawless go and express themselves the other way. I think that those four will be really key if we, if we have any sort of shot at anything this season. We'll have a look at their growth game. As mentioned, David, it's probably the best away day in the division. Dance mats, smoky suppers, you know, what's not to like. Jamie, do you think it'll be a, an unchanged team on Saturday? Will Brian Graham come back in? Has McAvoy pushed for a start? Where do you see the, the team going on Saturday? I don't think McAvoy will get a start, if I'm honest. I think Dylan will go with the same back four. The only change I could maybe see would be if he did go to 4 4 2, who'd you drop out of Doc, Bannigan, and Turner? Those very difficult, so it probably won't happen. So the only change I could maybe see is Graham for Mullen, but again, that'd be very harsh on Danny Mullen after dropping probably what was his best performance in the Fistle Shirt on Saturday. So I wouldn't be shocked if it was an unchanged team, and I don't think he'd be disappointed either, as much as I always want to see Graham starting. I said it'd be very harsh. Danny Mullen did get dropped. So yeah, I, I, really, I really don't think it will be too much change in that team despite injuries if that's that's the only thing I could see maybe if there was an injury in training or whatever but yeah I, I think it'll go with the same level Do you agree Rhys? Yep same for me I think we'll just uh, stick to the, the winning team uh, reason being even when he was saying on the radio and stuff like when you come in as an interim it's, there's not a lot of tweeting that it needs to be done to be fair like we have good players there and he's just putting the best players on the pitch like, but aye, it's not too much will change especially off the back of a win um, so I'm expecting the same. Rhys, you're still top of the predictions table. We all picked up a point on, on Saturday. We all predicted Thistle wins, but nobody went 1-0. So Rhys, you're on 24 points. Do you want to kick us off for a prediction for our both away on Saturday? Well, I think it'll be a tough game again. I don't think there's going to be a, a barrel load of goals, put it that way. But you know what it's like. It's a, it's a win machine up there. Um and they're, they're a completely different side from the team that we played earlier this season. They've got a, a lot of new players in there. I think they signed a boy from like Uzbekistan or something, a Nigerian boy. They signed Yao Balde on a permanent from Hibs via East Life. So it's a completely different team they've got. Obviously, the same sort of defence that they have and they've always had. Um, I'm going to say we're going to keep the good good run going. Um, I'll go 2-0 this time, repeating the same, the same scoreline that we had up there earlier this season. David, you're two points behind Reese on 22. Do you want to go next? Yeah, I mean, I, I echo the sentiments that Reese said. I seen an article, I think it was uh, Ewan Smith, who we've had on a couple of times talking about our growth uh, with the Courier, um, talking about 
our both and sort of the, the general state they are in and kind of reiterate the point that Gayfield is not the fortress that it was in past times and that um, even with the wind machine and the rain and all that, our both are actually struggling at Gayfield for the first time in a long time. I I do think it's going to be a, a fun game to be a Thistle fan at. I think we'll all have a great time. I, I do think we will win. I don't think it's going to be a comprehensive 5-0 scudding or anything like that. Um, I forgot about the Nigerian guy that we said, uh, that um, our bro signed from Uzbekistan. And I've never heard of a, a scorer more likely in my life to, to score his only goal against Patrick Thistle than this guy. So I'm going to go 2-1 Thistle. I just feel that definitely we are going to be a footnote in that guy's career. On the wiki page, it will say he signed for a bro, scored his only goal against Patrick Thistle, and then was released at the end of the summer. But I'm going to say 2-1 Jags. Jamie, what about you in the predictions table? You're, you're two behind David. You're just one in front of me. What's your prediction for Saturday? I agree with what's been said so far. I don't think it's going to be a goals fest. I think our bro from make it a bit stuffy. But I think we'll have a decent bit of attacking flair about us. Going hopefully get forward quite a bit. Keep us, I imagine we'll have the majority of possession again. Uh, I'm going to go with the same score as Reese 2-0. I think I can see that being the score. Keep it tight at the back again. and Another clean sheet would be welcome. Obviously, we've already kept a clean sheet every time we played our bro this season, all three times, including that cup game. So, I say another clean sheet, two goals and I, I don't think I've ever been the most optimistic in a prediction, but I think I will be this week. I'm going to go 3-1. I've just looked up uh, our both's home form there, David. They've only won one home game all season, and that was against 10-man Hamilton in October. Their last five home results, they've lost 5-1 to Dunfermline, um, and that was in the Challenge Cup. They've lost 4-1 to Queen's Park, 4-1 to Inverness, 2-0 to Motherwell, and 2-1 to Wraith. So they really are struggling at Gayfield this season. I'll say we'll win 3-1. I think we'll we'll, ha- we'll be very confident and I can see us getting a few goals off the back of, of last week. I think we've broken the the curse that our both had over us for, for 20 years early on in the season. And we got three against them at, at Fur Hill after we won up at Gayfield. So I'll, I'll back us to score three again. I'll go 3-1 Thistle on Saturday. No, bad thing. Bad veins are form come to end when you play against Thistle because you look at Cobe, I think they conceded about 19 goals in four games before they came to Furhill. Clean sheet, 1-0 victory and up the road, so... <laughs> ah, well, well, none of us will get points in if that's the case. I can live with that. Um, Partridge Thistle this week, I had Isaac English tuning my piano this week, so I'm going to ask you all, what current player can you see have a, a clear career path after they hang up their boots and what will they be doing? Reese, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think it's already written in the stars for Stevie Lawless to take over from the staunch steward at Ibrox. <laughs> it's like the steward coordinator stands pitch side with the, the Mercurials on, ready to go, the the metal studs and everything. So I think Lawless has got that uh, lined up for him already, man. That would be a good wee gig for him, get to see the games every weekend. But aye, that's my, my goal for this week. David? Um, well, uh, funnily enough, my uh, one of my good friends, uh, Barber, um, his local pub is actually owned by Kyle Turner's dad, um, and Kyle Turner pops in uh, from time to time to say hello to dad and all that. So I'm just going to go, you know, route one on this. Kyle Turner's going to own the Thorn and Johnson um, in a couple of years, no doubt. 
<laughs> Jamie? Uh, we're going David Mitchell, who's going to become an actor, join the cast of EastEnders, join the Mitchell family. He's already got the, the name in tow for it, so right, that's what I'm going for. David Mitchell. See him on your screen. It's a rare week when I have the worst Partridge Thistle answer, isn't it? What What is happening here, man? Oh, we'll leave it there this week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week to look back on our trip to Abroath and our trip to Dundee, and we will look ahead to the home game against Morton. In the meantime, stay safe. Thank you.